It's Tuesday, November the 30th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, the WHO talks Omicron and Dorsey quits Twitter. First, the world in brief. The World Health Organization warned that the Omicron variant of COVID-19 posed a, quote, very high risk, bearing, quote, severe consequences should it cause infections to surge. Meanwhile, Joe Biden told Americans not to panic and said vaccinations and masks, rather than lockdowns, will be the best way to cope with it. Many countries have banned arrivals from southern Africa against the WHO's advice. A few, such as Israel and Japan, barred all foreigners. The variant has kept popping up in new countries, such as Australia, which detected infections in five recent arrivals, all with mild symptoms. Jack Dorsey stepped down as Twitter's CEO with immediate effect. Parag Agrawal, the social media company's chief technology officer, will take over. Mr Dorsey co-founded Twitter in 2006, was CEO until 2008 when he was pushed out, then returned in 2015. He said Twitter was, quote, ready to move on from its founders. He will remain on the board until his term expires next year. The world is one republic richer, as Barbados celebrated November 30th as its first day of full sovereignty. The Caribbean island has been independent of British rule for 55 years. Still, many feel that displacing the Queen as head of state marks a break from its colonial history. Sandra Mason became the first president, with Prince Charles attending amiably. Factory activity in China picked up in November for the first time in three months. The official Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose to 50.1, when analysts had expected 49.6. Any score over 50 represents expansion. In recent months, Chinese manufacturing has been hit hard by surging raw material prices and power supply crunches. These data suggest the constraints may be easing. Tender documents discovered by IPVM, a surveillance research firm, revealed that officials in Henan, one of China's largest provinces, are building a surveillance system to track journalists and other, quote, people of concern. They plan to establish a network of 3,000 facial recognition cameras linked to a national database. Journalists would be classified into three groups, including an ominous, quote, red category. Reuters reported that the World Bank's board is discussing whether to release $500 million in suspended aid to Afghanistan. Its Afghanistan Reconstruction Trust Fund, worth more than $1.5 billion, was endowed when donors refused to envision the Taliban returning to management. America will be especially reluctant to let the bank open the taps, despite the escalating crises faced by ordinary Afghans. Inflation in Germany reached its highest rate in decades. According to the EU's harmonised measure, Prices rose by 6% year-on-year in November. Supply chain disruption and a temporary reduction in value-added tax last year explain the increase. 
Earlier, Spain and Belgium both reported inflation of 5.6%. A European Central Bank executive board member said, quote, November will prove to be the peak. Fact of the day. 76. The number of massacres that took place in Colombia last year. Five years after Colombia's peace deal, militias continue to cause havoc. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. The link to the survey is in the description. And now here's today's agenda. Microsoft's shareholders meet. When Microsoft's shareholders gather virtually for their annual meeting on Tuesday, they will have every reason to be happy with the software maker's management. Revenue in the financial year that ended in June was up by nearly 18% on the previous year at $168 billion. Net profit climbed even faster rising by 38% to more than $61 billion. As a result, Microsoft's market capitalization is growing. It recently exceeded $2.5 trillion. Only Apple is worth more. Despite this, shareholders will have plenty to discuss. They will vote on a slew of proposals, including whether the firm should henceforth publish transparency reports on lobbying activities, pay gaps across race and gender, as well as sexual harassment policies, in response to allegations that its founder, Bill Gates, had inappropriate relationships with female employees, which he denies. Perhaps surprisingly, for a company that deems itself politically enlightened, having put its antitrust woes behind it in the early 2000s, its board has advised shareholders to reject these proposals. The High Cost of Turkey's Economic Growth Turkey's GDP grew by a record 21.7% year-on-year in the three months to the end of June. The figure for the third quarter, due to be released on Tuesday, will be less eye-popping but may again reach double digits. Turks will not be impressed, however. Growth is coming at an increasingly high cost. Desperate to pump cheap credit into the economy, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president, has forced Turkey's central bank to slash borrowing rates despite soaring inflation. The result is a currency crisis that is wiping out savings and earnings. The lira has plummeted by 42.2% against the dollar since the start of the year, including a 17.6% drop since November 18th, when the bank most recently cut rates. The combination of negative real rates and a weak lira has helped Turkish exporters and allowed property developers to take advantage of low mortgage rates. But it is making practically everyone else poorer. Southern Africa braces for the cost of Omicron Cape Town in summer is glorious, 
brilliant sun, sparkling beaches and a fresh breeze to cool the brow. Tourists contribute 3% of South Africa's GDP, but COVID-19 and travel restrictions caused foreign visits to slump by 71% in 2020. The country's leaders had hoped that figures released on Tuesday would mark the beginning of a rebound. Whatever the figures show, the Omicron variant has dashed these hopes. A growing list of countries in the rich world have cancelled flights to southern Africa, hoping to shield themselves from the new variant. Cyril Ramaphosa, South Africa's president, has complained that the bans are, quote, scientifically unjustified. But while uncertainty about the new variant swells, such measures will remain in place. The economic pain will be worse for other countries in the region that depend even more on tourism, such as Namibia, 11% of GDP, and Botswana, 13%. The misery of a fourth wave of infections is also gathering pace. After plummeting, India's economy is recovering. Few economies were battered by COVID-19 as badly as India's. In 2020, GDP shrank by 7.3%. Now, the government is confident that the economy is roaring back, so much so that it claims India will be the fastest-growing economy in the world this year. On Tuesday, it releases GDP figures for the quarter from July to September. Analysts expect growth to be 7-9% to compared with the same period last year, after a 20% year-on-year expansion in the previous quarter. These elevated growth rates largely reflect the depths to which the economy plunged last year. In absolute terms, GDP is only expected to hit pre-pandemic levels by next quarter, suggesting that two years for growth have been lost. Even before the pandemic, India's economy had been struggling with weak demand, limp investment and an ailing financial sector. As these problems fester and the threat of Omicron looms, the country is still some way from a full recovery. How to Magnetize Mars Transforming Mars for human habitation is a distant dream. One problem, among many, is that Earth's nearest neighbour has almost no magnetic field. Without this shield, Martian explorers would be exposed to deadly radiation from solar storms. A new paper in Acta Astronautica, a journal, proposes a novel and wildly ambitious strategy to give Mars an artificial magnetic field. Many planets have belts of ionised plasma around them, and the planet's magnetic fields generate electric currents in them. The idea for Mars is to do the reverse, create such a belt and pass currents through it to generate a magnetic field. The material for this could be released from one of Mars's moons. Hair-brained though it might sound, the scheme has input from NASA's science chief. If humans are ever to colonise Mars, it will require plenty of red-sky thinking like this. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jonathan Swift, who was born on this day 
1667. Vision is the art of seeing things invisible. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 